Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Hey, My City Church, we're so glad that you're here with us today. I hope you're enjoying your watch party so far. I hope you had some good food, some good fellowship with some good people. We all did. And uh, I got a great word for you guys today. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready to take notes because uh, I really feel like God's going to speak to you today. And uh, this is Mystery Part 3. I hope you've enjoyed the sermon series so far. This is going to be our last week of the mystery. So I pray that it speaks to you. And uh, we started off week one with, uh, if, you, if you're able to join us week one, hey, that's fantastic. If you didn't, I'm just going to give you a quick recap. I had these boxes on stage and these boxes were full of all different things. You know, some had different products in them, different things that were inside the boxes. And the whole idea was that we try to fill our box and us as believers, us as people, we try to fill our box with certain things, you know, things that bring fulfillment, things that bring uh, uh, certain types of joy or certain types of, uh, basically we're filling our lives with all these things that in the end never truly satisfy. And I had an Amazon box, you know, Amazon has that smile on it. And I was able to share with you, a lot of us go around like an Amazon box. We have the smile, but deep inside we're full of nothing but a bunch of, you know, trash. <laughs> and that's kind of how I described my life is that I would go around putting on this perception of perfection of, hey, I got it all figured out, um, but inside I was still hurting. And a lot of us, if we're really real with ourselves, we would realize that there are things that we pursue in life that never really truly satisfy. And uh, we concluded understanding that on week one that we are actually people made in the image of God. And that although we are human, we were made to be filled by God. So our box, the best thing that we can do for God, if we were a box per se, was to give God an empty box so that he could fill it. And last week we heard such a great message from Pastor Eric as a follow-up to week one. Week two, he had a tombstone on the set. And what it was is that he explained that as Christians, we still have a part of us that although we're saved, we still have a part of us that's in the flesh. And uh, how do we put to rest that, that flesh side of us? And what do we do when it wants to come back and keep saying, no, this is how you find fulfillment in the world. This is how you find fulfillment. Yeah, God's really, he's not really real or anything. And he talked about all these different side of us, these sides of us that, that although we are living in the spirit, we are still walking in the flesh. And I love the illustration that he used with the tombstone and laying down our lives and then not to pick it back up again, but to cut the string. How many of you guys remember that? He said to cut the string, that's the best way. But now today, week three, I wanna be able to talk to you, like how do we as believers, how do we wrestle with this idea that, yeah, although we are filled with the spirit, we're still in the flesh and I go and I cut the string, but I really wanna give you some tools and actually uh, be able to shape our minds. So what does it really look like to walk in the spirit? And I wanna start off with our theme verse, which is, Colossians 1.27, and it reads like this, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's what I love about this verse so much, is that God's talking about this great mystery of Christ being in us, that us as believers, God wants to dwell within us, humanity, me, you, you, sitting in your living room, watching this on your TV, on your phone, whatever it may be. God wants to live inside of you. Now the problem is, is in our flesh, we have certain desires that are contrary to the nature of God. And we pursue these needs, these wants to be fulfilled by the world. 
And we got to be able to understand today that there is an innate desire in us to be filled by the world. We, we want to find satisfaction, everything outside of God's purposes for our lives. So we want to be filled by things of this world. But you got to be able to look at those desires. I have them, you have them. Those desires is what is that desire actually filling? And I have to be able to see and know what that desire is filling in order to give that desire to God and ultimately be fulfilled by God. And what I've seen happen in Christianity is, is a lot of us, we go to Jesus, we pray the prayer of salvation, and, and uh, then, then later that day, you know, he, we pray the prayer, you know, uh, he'll give you the greatest joy you'll ever have. He'll wipe every tear from your eye. And, and, and then that night you, you cried and you're wondering where was that cosmic Kleenex that, that God's promised that he'd provide. And what I found is that in our lives, salvation is instant, but sanctification is a journey. Let me put some perspective what those words are. So salvation, that is your eternal destiny. That is when Jesus has came to give you new life. Hey, you're secure. You're going to heaven. You're following Jesus. Jesus has wiped your sins clean. But then there's other word is sanctification. That's where God works in your life, in my life, to make us more and more like Jesus. And what I see is that as Christians, is that as we follow God, some of us can get pretty frustrated with the results. And we can get frustrated with what we see happening in, in, in our lives that although I, I choose to follow Jesus, I still have these things that come back up in my life. How many of you ever heard the idea, hey, just, just quit doing that. Just, just, just quit, quit watching that or quit doing that. And I've said it to myself multiple times. You know what? I'm just gonna quit doing this. I'm gonna quit doing this thing that pulls me away from God. I'm gonna quit doing this. And you know what yours is. I know what mine is. And the best thing I love about God is that God knows what ours is too. And what I found though is that as Christians, we go and we try to strive to try to quit stuff, but it doesn't work out too well. I mean, is it working out for you? How's that working out for you? I mean, for me, I know from my, my life and my, my walk with God is that when I try to quit stuff, I actually tend to go to it even more. And I love what Paul says in the book of Galatians. And this is what he says. Galatians chapter three, verse three. He says, are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And I love how Paul is describing this. He's saying what God began in you in spirit, are you now trying to fulfill in the flesh? And I think this is, I love Paul because he's so relatable because that's me. God birthed inside of me the Spirit of God. When you decided to follow Jesus and you asked Jesus into your heart, he put a deposit in you, guaranteeing your inheritance. That is the Spirit of God. But our natural tendency as humans is what began in the Spirit, we try now to fulfill in the flesh. So we try to do not do this, don't touch, don't taste, don't do this, don't do that. And what Paul's saying is, are you so foolish that what began in the Spirit, are you now trying to fulfill in the flesh. I love how the Bible describes this. What does it mean to really walk in the spirit? Walk in the spirit. And I know people that what they do is they, when they're walking in the flesh, they start to grow weary. They start to get tired. They start to think, man, I, I don't know if I can do this. I've been there. I believe you have too as well, that when I'm walking in the flesh, it gets exhausting. I mean, for real, we're in the world. It's all around us. And so we're always like, don't stay away from here. Close my eyes here. I think if I was choosing, to abstain from anything that was full of sin, I would have to walk around with a blindfold on and uh, some headphones that had noise cancellation on them because of what you see and what you hear each and every day. But I wanna be able to talk about this, this, this spirit in you 
and how to really feed the Spirit of God inside of you, and that greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And I love what Paul also talks about in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter three, verse 14, he says this. He says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Why would Paul have to press on if he didn't, if it was already given to him? Why would he have to press on? I think he's trying to tell the people that in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have hardships but there's a part of us that needs to press on. There's a part of us that needs to endure. There's a part of us that needs to keep on fighting. That I don't know where you're fighting. I don't know what you're fighting right now, but I wanna tell you today, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give in to the sin. Don't give in to the temptation. Don't give in to the affair. Don't give in to the disorder. Don't give in to the depression. Don't give in to the hatred. Don't give in to the lust. Do not give in, but press on as Paul said, press on for Christ Jesus has called you heavenward. Christ Jesus is working in your life and you got a whole bunch of people around you within your church, within the body of Christ that will block arm in arm with you. So if you ever feel like giving up, don't give up. Understand today that God never gave up on you. Don't you ever give up on God. Just because you are frustrated with the fruit that you see, it does not give you an excuse to dig up what was planted. Just because I'm frustrated with the fruit that I see of my tendency or my propensity to go back to what I've known, my propensity to dig up that dead, that dead body, that propensity to go back, even though I'm saved, I still want to do some things. I still want to work in some things. Could I speak to you today that the very fact that you're aware that you don't want to go back to the things is God actually working in your life? That the very fact that you are aware of, man, I don't know why, but I just want to go back to drinking. I don't know why, but I just want to go back to, to looking at pornography. I don't know why, but I just want to go back to, to hatred, to, to gossip, to, 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 to eating disorders or, or to depression. I don't know why, but I just want to go back to that. Now, can I tell you that the fact that you want to go back to that, although it is not something that we want to pursue, the fact that you're aware and you have not gone back to that yet, could I tell you that that's possibly God working in your life right here, right now? That the fact that you are aware and you have yet to go back to that is God working in your life. The fact that even if you have gone back to that and you're coming back to God and wanting to go back to that again is God actually working in your life. Do not discredit what God is doing in your life today. Do not discredit what God is doing in your life tomorrow. When you look at it, do you see it for what it is or do you see it for what it could be? And I want to be able to unwrap this idea of what is that thing that we've been going after and why do we want to pursue it? Why do we want to dig up that old self that we, that we used to walk in? And that's because certain sins meet certain desires. And as a believer, you have desires inside of you. You have desires to fulfill, to ultimately, you have desires to follow God. You have desires to be to be liked, you have desires to be loved, you have desires to, to, to be full, you have desires, you have desires inside of you. And so certain sins meet those desires. So if, if I go and I talk bad about someone else, the reason why I talk bad about that is be, someone else because probably I don't really feel good about myself. And so my effort to feel good about myself causes me to talk bad about someone else. If I burst out in anger and frustration, for me, what I've realized is that I do that is because it's really my desire to feel like I'm not in control. And so the reason why I would burst out in anger is because I, that's something I can control. I can control my temper, well, sometimes. And, and so it's usually in frustrated environments 
that I burst out in, in frustration. It can be in traffic, it can be in work, it can be in, in whatever it is. You know what your sin is. You know what your propensity is. You know what your dead body is. And you gotta be able to see what that sin meets, that desire that that sin meets, and what causes you to go to that sin. What causes you to go to that desire? I love how James describes it in the book of James chapter one, verse 13. He says this, that when one is tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So James is talking about a desire that when you are tempted, don't say, well, God's tempting me. Well, God's just testing me. God's just testing me. I don't believe that. I believe that when we are tempted, it's actually a desire inside ourselves, a desire to be loved, a desire to be cared for, a desire to feel in control, a desire to, to know. All of these things are desires within our hearts. So when we are tempted, know and understand that most of the time, honestly, it's not the devil coming to tempt you with a demon inside your ear. You know, you have a, a devil on one side and an angel on the other. Uh, I don't really believe that it's like that. What I find is that how the devil tempts us is he starts to tweak uh, uh, a little thought into our desires. He just needs to get us. It's like pushing something over a hill. He just needs to get you to that top of the peak and just give you a little push. And then you'll carry out the rest because he knows our desires. He knows the desires of our heart. And I want to be able to share with you a man in the Bible. His name is the name of Moses. And I want to share with you a particular story that he has. Moses used to be in Egypt. Uh, he used to be the son of, the, of Pharaoh's daughter. So he was a man in the palace of Egypt. And he had a choice to make. He had a choice to follow the desires and the passions and the prosperity of Egypt or to forsake those things to follow God. He chose to lay those things down and to follow God. And I love how the book of Hebrews sums up Moses' decision in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. It says this, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking for the reward. Now, I love how the book of Hebrews describes this, that Moses left Egypt. He left all of the things that he enjoyed. He left all of the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. He, loved all, he left all of that stuff in Egypt to follow God. He left his comfort for his calling. He left what he knew for what he knew that would ultimately fulfill. Now, could you even put yourselves in Moses' shoes just for a second, that he had everything he ever needed. He had everything he ever wanted, but he still was unfulfilled. And I feel like that's how it is in our lives, is that a life outside of God will always end up unfulfilled. A life outside of the purposes of God will always end up unfulfilled. And I see how Moses chose to forsake the things of Egypt. He persevered to follow God. He left his comfort. He did not forsake his calling for his comfort. Can I tell you, let's put this in perspective, and this may be a little bit of a mind shift today. What if the devil was more about your comfort and God was more about your calling? 
We usually look at God as being, God is just here to comfort me. God is, now don't get me wrong, the Holy Spirit is the God of comfort. He's a spirit of comfort. But we take that a little bit further. It says to comfort us in all of our affliction, which means that the very thing that God is using in your life, God is actually using to grow you. We can sometimes look at our, our sin or, or our desire to step away from God as being an indicator of us walking away from God. Although that can be true, that can be true. I would say more times than not, when I am aware of my desire to walk away from God, the fact that I am aware is God actually drawing me closer to him. The fact that I am aware that I want to pursue these things is God actually calling you closer to him. Paul said it like this, to keep me from being conceited, there was given me a thorn in my side. So the closer do you get to God, what if the closer you got to God, the more aware of your sin you are? What if the closer you get to God, the closer you get in pursuing God, the closer you get into walking with God, the more aware you are of your propensities, your sin, your lack? What if the closer you got to God, what if the way God got you closer to him wasn't through your comfort, but also through your conflict? What if the way that God worked in your life was actually through a difficulty and a struggle? Because the devil is here to bring comfort to you because he knows that if he could keep you comfortable, you would never change. He knows that if he could keep you just staying where you're at, good job, good house, be fine with where you're at, yeah, you're unfulfilled or you're hurting in your heart. Yeah, that's fine. Don't, you know, don't, don't ignore that. Just, just enjoy life, eat and be merry. And that's how God works in our lives. And, and you watching on the other side of this, of this screen today know that the very fact that you feel unfulfilled and things outside of God, God uses to draw you closer to him. The very thing that we look at it as the devil is using something to attack us or draw us away from God. What if God was actually using that to draw you closer to him? Because get this today, that God is more about your dependence than he is about your perfection. Because if you had it all together, you wouldn't need God. If you had it all figured out, you would think that you could do it all on your own. But God is more about you walking with him than he is about your perfection. Within our lives, I feel like even as a Christian growing up, it was all about how can I be a better Christian, whatever that means. Because to my understanding, a Christian isn't full of a bunch of things that I don't do and a bunch of things that I do do. It's about a person that I know. It's about a God that I follow, a God that I serve. So God is more about your dependence on him than he is about your perfection. So don't get so caught up in, well, Pastor Eli, what do I need to do? Well, what do I need to not do? What do I need to, how, how should I behave? How should I talk? How should I think? How should I, hey, hey that's all fine. That will all work out because if you're following God and you're staying in step with the Spirit, guess what? You'll have a thing called the fruits of the Spirit. Staying in step with God, staying in tune with God, the fruits of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And those come by staying in step with the Spirit, by staying in step with God. So don't be so consumed about, well, what do I not do and what do I do? Those are all good rules. Those are all good things, but they're not God things. God is more concerned about you walking with him. So those times when we feel like we want to pick up our former self and walk in the things that we used to know, God is saying, okay, I see your propensity to do that. Lay that back down and I want you to follow me. 
follow me. And you know what? All of that stuff is going to get left in the dust. It's going to be able to stay in that grave as long as you choose to follow me. And I love what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. He says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that God has set us free. So when you feel like you're feeling weighed down, when you feel like you're being burdened or you have things coming upon you that you cannot fight, that's okay. Give those to Jesus. When you have that temptation that, man, God, I just don't know what to do. That's okay. Give it to Jesus. What I found is those temptations that are too heavy for me to bear usually come from an unhealthy inflow. They come from an unhealthy seed. You got a problem with the fruit? Check your seed. You got a problem with the outflow? Check your inflow. What I found is that it's, on a, it's a several days delay. When I stop praying, when I stop worshiping God, when I start seeking God, it's usually five, six, seven days. Devil starts coming in or I start getting temptation. I start getting led away by my what? My own desires. Because I'm not walking with the Spirit. I'm not walking with God. So if you're ever unhappy with your outflow, check your inflow. What does Paul say in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16? He says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. I love this, because Paul is saying that if you walk with the Spirit, you're not going to follow the sinful desires. You're not going to follow what you want to do. You're not going to follow what you want to do what your flesh wants to do. If you're following the Spirit, you're going to walk in the Spirit. You're going to stay step with God. This is how I like to say it. If you feel like you're failing, check what you're feeding. If you feel like you're failing, if you feel like you're falling, check what you're feeding. Sometimes, and this may be bad, but sometimes it's not good to live your whole life on your phone, to live your whole life watching TV. What are you feeding? to live your whole life just in random conversations and, and different pursuits of the world, to live your whole life, what are you feeding? Get away with God. Get away. Listen to a worship song. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Pray. Get in good community of people that challenge you, that people encourage you. Because if you ever feel like you're failing, if you ever feel like you're falling, check what you're feeding. Are you feeding your spirit? Because if you're not feeding your spirit, man, tell you what, your spirit man is going to be weak when the battle comes. And if you want to be ready to fight the battle, you got to strengthen your spirit, man. You strengthen your spirit, man, by reading your Bible, by praying, by worshiping, by getting away with God. Get away with God and feed your spirit. One of the ways I love to feed my spirit is through fasting. I love taking a fast. Sometimes I realize, man, I'm just in a rut. Something's just going on. And, and I just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to fast. I'm going to fast one day, maybe a meal, maybe a day of food, maybe two days, three days, whatever you feel like God has for you. But what I found is that that's the quickest way in my life to be able to reset my spirit, man, put to death my flesh, man, and say, you know what? I am a person. I am made of the spirit. I am going to be walking in the spirit. I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I'm not going to walk in the sinful nature. I'm going to stay in step with God. And I love how Paul continues in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. He says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does it mean to stay in step with God? It's really simple. When you're reading your Bible, when you're praying, when you're worshiping, when you're driving in your car, when you're working, when you're in conversation, when you're eating, and whatever you're doing, 
Notice how I started with reading Bible, praying, and worshiping, because sometimes we isolate those as being different part of our lives. It's not about, well, this is what I do to pursue God, and this is what I do not to pursue God. Can I tell you that God wants to be with you right where you are at? God wants to be with you in your work. God wants to be with you in your friendships. God wants to be with you in your parenting. And God knows we need it as parents, amen? God wants to be with you in your marriage. God wants to be with you in your employment. God wants to be with you in your work. God wants to be with you in your car. Being able to separate the two, I think is foolish. To know that God wants to be with me right where I'm at. And you know what, God? Right now, as I'm drafting up this Excel spreadsheet, God, I just want to say I'm doing it all for your glory. God, I'm walking with you today. I'm going to stay in step with the Spirit. I'm going to stay in step with God. I'm going to stay in step with God in prayer. I'm not going to forget God or relegate God to a Sunday morning. I'm not going to relegate God to a song that I sing in my car or a verse that I read in my house. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to stay in step with God. And what I found, that if you stay in step with God, the devil never has a door to activate your flesh. If you stay in step with the Spirit, you will live by the Spirit and you will never satisfy the desires of the flesh. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God. I don't know even if you have a relationship with God. But I want to let you know today that God desires to walk with you. Will you walk with Him? Choose today that, hey, I'm going to drive home from my watch party and I'm going to pray as I'm driving home. And this is how you pray. It's really simple. Nothing fancy. Don't need any big, big, oh, Lord, how are there? Verily, God, I say unto thee. Nothing like that. Just pray like you talk to me, like you talk to your friends. You know what's funny? I once heard a guy pray to God while cussing. He says, God, I need your blanking help. You know what? <laughs> I think that's a successful prayer. So I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know if you've chosen to walk with God or maybe you don't even know who God is. And you're saying, Pastor Eli, hey, I would love to know, how do I know God? How do I walk with God? Well, I can tell you what, right now is your chance. Today is your opportunity. I wanna be able to take a moment to lead you in a prayer. And if I'm speaking to you today and you're saying, today is the day that I wanna leave my former life behind and I wanna to choose to follow Jesus, this is the best decision you can make of your life. It's changed my life. My life was a pit of despair and depression. I was about to kill myself because I was so far away from God. I couldn't find any fulfillment outside of God. And it's right there, that's where God met me. Can I tell you, what is sometimes your discomfort God is actually using to bring you closer to Him? And that's what God was doing in my life. And I pray also that that's what God is doing in your life. So if you're in this place right now and you're saying, Pastor Eli, I wanna follow Jesus, just right now on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand. Just put a hand in the chat, lift up your hand at your watch party and throw it in the chat on the count of three. One, two, three. I'm so glad that you're choosing to follow Jesus today. I want to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to ask everyone at these watch parties to pray along with me for the hundreds of people around the world that are watching this right now that are raising their hands and choosing to follow Jesus this moment. Would you pray with me? Say these words. Say, Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. So right now, I give you my life. I pray that you'd be the Lord of my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I'm yours, Lord. I am a child of God. I am a new creation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, everyone put your hands together this morning. I pray that you were blessed by today's message. Remember, God wants to walk with you. Stay in prayer. Stay in step with the Spirit. I pray that you see God move throughout this week. Don't forget, join us next week. 
November 14th, 9.30 and 11.15, Ralston Arena. It's gonna be a packed house. We look forward to seeing you there for our new series, If My People. Who are you bringing with you? Pull out your phone, send them a text right now. I'm gonna pull out my phone. I'm gonna send them the text. Do it right now. We're gonna invite someone to church. Hey, next week, November 14th, 9.30 and 11.15, you should come to church with me. Bring someone along for our new series, If My People. Let's see what God does over the next three weeks at My City Church. We love you. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.